Welcome to Win with Richardson and Richardson. What's important now? Success in business most often comes down to hard work, not by silver bullets and quick fixes. It's knowing where to focus that hard work that's key to winning. Join sales prospecting expert and three-time seven-figure business founder, Carrie Richardson, and managing partner of R&R Consulting and former owner of Doberman Technologies, Ian Richardson, for radical honesty regarding strategic planning, accountability, and execution that will get you the systematic results you're working toward. Let's get into today's episode. Thought leader and your host, Carrie Richardson. Hello and welcome to WIN, the podcast where we talk about what's important now. I'm your host, Ian Richardson, and today I'm joined by my friend Jennifer Bleem. Jennifer, how are you doing today? I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. Oh, thanks for coming on and sharing some wisdom with with us in the audience. Jennifer is the founder and head Sherpa at MSP Sales Revolution. She's a legend in the IT channel, and her credentials include building numerous multi-million internal divisions for robust and profitable companies. She's an award-winning speaker, an author with a best-selling book on Amazon, and you heard it here first, soon to be released on Audible. You can check the show notes for links, and a member of the CompTIA Emerging Tech Council. When she's not busy helping people raise the tide on cybersecurity, she enjoys spending time with her husband and three boys, and they all like to travel. She's a huge Marvel fan and a serious board game competitor. So watch out if you're playing Risk. Jennifer, what, uh, like, tell me your favorite board game. Let's kick it off with that because I'm always a big fan of hearing this one. Okay, so my favorite board game is called Acquire. And it is kind of a cross between Monopoly, which I I hate to say that because everybody hates Monopoly, but (laughs) but there is a a piece of like you're trying to acquire real Mm -hmm. estate, but there's also this stock market component. So you're you're building your 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 hotel chain and you want to be bigger. But you want to get gobbled up by the big guy because it's when you get acquired that you get money to to buy additional pieces of the hotel chains that are on the board. I usually get to play it once a year on my birthday because I usually win and my family hates it. And so they hate the game. They hate the fact that I win. Um, and so they, they always say, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, I want to play a choir. There you go. There you go. I love the uh, I love the focus on the on the exit. That's yeah. uh, that's the the best games are the ones that have a focus on uh, on exit. When I'm hanging with my son, uh, he just turned 11 this March. I'm starting to whip in compound interest math problems. So hey, I want some Pokemon cards. You can have a pack of Pokemon cards when you solve this compound interest problem for me. <laughs> uh, so he's it. thinking about like, oh, if I put money in the market. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so, i love it make him earn that pokemon card pack <laughs> that's that's right that's right whip the whip the financial acumen at him early so on win we always follow a format we talk about business challenges business achievements business opportunities and before we started the show jennifer you and i were talking about challenges and you had a really really interesting one that resonated home with me as a as a fellow owner operator of a consultancy and a, a practice that's trying to help people. You had mentioned that you had been growing the business, you've been having success, 
And suddenly you ran into everyone's favorite problem. Oh God, I'm out of capacity. So talk to me about like when you, when you, there's two things I'd love to, to have you share. How did you recognize, oh wow, my capacity limit's about to be hit. And what have you done to solve that challenge? Okay, so it's it's interesting, and this will I think this is so interesting as as business owners. Sometimes we are too close to the problem to really think about it logically, and so I've hit this problem of capacity at least three times. And oh, wow. you know, yeah. if you're if you follow traction or EOS, you know they they talk about identify, discuss, solve, and that the hardest part of the problem is, that that of that series is identifying the issue. Well. I had the issue figured out. My issue is that I'm at capacity. Um, and I'll tell you how I knew that, that I was at capacity in a minute. But as I discussed it with myself, um, <laughs> I kept thinking that the solution was to simply raise my rates. Um, and, and so that would somehow magically create time, um, mm-hmm. which, which is totally, you know, it's like problem, not solution. And so uh, I think often as business owners, we do that. We try to, to fit the solution to the problem and it's not really solving the right problem. So um, I, I did raise my rates, kept closing clients, raised my rates mm-hmm. again, kept closing clients, raised my rates. And I think it's about the fifth time that I've raised my rates when I finally went, oh, wait, this isn't actually solving the problem. And um, so, so okay, and I shouldn't say problem, I should really say challenge because it is designed to be overcome and figure out how to move, move through the challenge. But mm-hmm. This latest time, the way that I saw it was literally on my calendar uh, that my assistant was like, Jennifer, you are booking out like you were booking out four days in advance. Now we're a week in advance. Now we're two and a half weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. Literally, we were sliding like, well, I can squeeze you this little 30 minute slot here. Um, and, and it was ridiculous. Um, and it happened to coincide with the kids going back to school. And so the poor dog was like, I need to go out. And I'm like, I have two oh, yeah. and a half hours with no break. You're going to have to hold it, dog. Um, and so that is like the epitome of being at capacity where there's, there is literally no time on the calendar. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware that sometimes, oh, I didn't have time to do it is, is an excuse. But there are times that I don't have the time is is legitimate like literally oh, I didn't yeah. have the time to let my dog out so that was that was the aha moment say okay you're you are probably beyond at capacity you are exceeding capacity and i know that's a recipe for burnout and it means that eventually i'm not going to be able to to show up to my clients i do believe you can mm-hmm run on a deficit for a while, but you can't run on a deficit indefinitely. And so um, that's, that is, it's a challenge. It's a good challenge, but it is, it is a challenge that has to be fixed. Yeah. You, uh, when you, when you hit that wall um, and I hit this probably in August, uh, Carrie, my wife and, and the girls were down in Mexico. And so I said, all right, like you got a good three, four weeks where you can just be working and it became probably 12 to 14 hour days where it's like, all right, let's just get stuff done. Let's get stuff done. Let's get stuff done. But then uh, what, what I was finding is around that 7, 7.30 time frame, I'd be sitting there at the keyboard and you kind of look up and you'd go, I can't, I can't think anymore. I can't look at the screen anymore. What day is it? What time is it? When did I eat last? When did I drink a glass of water last? Yes. (laughs) 
And it, it just, uh, it shakes you to the core. And I kind of like, I, I went a little bit batty near the end of the three weeks and then found that renewal cycle. I went, I'm a big cigar buddy, uh, cigar guy, which surprise, surprise, if anyone knows Carrie, of course I am. Um, and, uh, I went down to, to Ann Arbor with a friend of mine, Walter Crosby, who's a enterprise sales guy, another, another consultant and coach. And he and I just hung out for about four or five hours with some cigars and man, did that bubble up just taking that one half day. So I, and you, you kind of hit on that, that deficit, um, identifying that renewal cycle, what'll refill the tank has to be kind of a key critical part that you keep in mind when you are running, when you are running hot on capacity. Yes. Agreed. My, my renewal is my Sunday afternoon nap. If I don't get that Sunday afternoon nap, even if it's a quick 30, 45 minutes, it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be two and a half hours curled up underneath my covers. Although in the winter, that's my preference. Um, (laughs) Just that little 30 minutes that I take for myself and my children Mm -hmm. know, you know, under penalty of death, you do not come interrupt your mother. She is sleeping. And, and that I can feel the difference all week long. If I got my Sunday afternoon nap. Oh yeah. The, uh, just the, the little things, the little rituals almost that kind of, that recharge us and everything. So Getting that getting that renewal cycle identified, and that's um, that's a good segue because the the second segment that we always talk about is achievements, recent milestones, recent like lines in the sand that we were able to blaze through, walls we were able to scale, ceilings we were able to shatter, and you had a you had an interesting one that was an achievement, but it was an unexpected achievement. So we're both big strategy folks. Um, you, you follow you follow EOS. I'm a big strat up guy, which are they're 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 two sides of the same coin. And you had an achievement that wasn't on the plan, wasn't on the issue list, wasn't on the rock calendar. It was out of left field. It was a curveball. And so why don't you talk to us? I don't want to steal the thunder on it, but you uh you kind of were out of town and you came back into town off the road and you had a little bomb waiting for you. Talk to <laughs> us about did. that. Oh man. And we never know those little bombs are coming. It is just like you're, you're coasting along just fine. And then boom, there's a speed bump and it. Some of, sometimes it's just a little bump. And sometimes it's like you go airborne, like, like perhaps some of us did in our younger years. And, and yes, I had a, a bomb waiting for me. Uh, my executive assistant tendered her resignation which when you're when you're a small team, I have a team of about four or five people. Um, she was all things related to the, the administrative stuff, the calendaring, the, um, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you can't meet with me here. Let, let's rearrange that. The travel, the um, helping me stay on top of communications, keeping my inbox reasonably empty. everything that was general administrative what was she that was her role and so I had no idea it was coming um and and she essentially said you know I've been so inspired by your success and your drive and how much you get done that I'm going to leave and start a photography business or something similar she's still batting around a few options but I had no idea. And it wasn't that she was unhappy. Um, In in fact, she said this would have been an easier conversation to have if I was unhappy. But I just I need to chase this dream. And I I said, of course you do. And I 100 percent. okay, I 90 percent support that. There is this (laughs) 10 percent of me that's like, 
this is, you know, selfishly, this is really inconvenient for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, like you said, this was not on my list of, of things. When I, when I go on vacation, I try to disconnect, but there is the back of my mind that's like, okay, when you get back Monday oh, yeah. morning, you know, here are the things you need to do and hit the ground running. That was not on the list. That wasn't anywhere. It, it, you know, I had other positions I was planning to hire for. And what made it a little bit more challenging is that her role had expanded quite a bit or we're growing quickly, we move quickly. And so her role had changed from simply keep my inbox below, you know, 100 emails at any one mm -hmm. time to uh, helping plan our event. And I, it just had become a, a much different role and a much more expansive role, which meant I needed to update the job description and the scorecard and, and, and post the job, uh, interview people. And, and so it just, yes, it was all the things um, we, we did end up getting it done. Um, we had three days of overlap where we could do some cross training before oh, the nice, nice. left. So it was good. It, but, but yes, it was a little, a little very unexpected. <laughs> so one, one question that always bubbles up is it, and this is, Entrepreneurship 101 is the curveball like this. Boom, something came out of left field. Where did that come from? Whatever. It's this is now my world. But I always love to hear how a fellow entrepreneur juggles the urgent and the important because we have all of these important items that we can't drop. These are crystal balls. We're juggling them in the air. If we drop them, they're going to break. So there's clients, there's delivery, there's finance, there's all those tasks that we got to do. And then suddenly you've got this new huge beach ball that you got to incorporate into juggling of, oh, I've got to I've got to hire a new person. and I've got to completely redefine the role for what I need today versus what it was when I brought this person onto my team. How did you juggle those two uh, those two needs? So I, when I first started in the IT world, a lot of people don't know this, but I was homeschooling my kids and helping my husband run his business. And so literally doing receivables and um, customer service and all of that I did from my iPhone while the children were working on a spelling test or while the kids were working on something that didn't require me. And so I became very adept at just sliding these these little pieces in where oh. I had, you know, four minutes to do something. So now intuitively, I, I almost have this, this order of how long is something going to take? And if I have four minutes of downtime, you know, I, I started a Zoom me on, on time, but my person's running late. I, I can just intuitively pick out that thing that's going to take four minutes and at least start it, maybe even finish it. And then the other way that I juggled is this is so low tech um, that, that some people in your audience may laugh, but it I'm very visual and this works for me. So I put all of my projects at quarterly rocks on a yellow post-it note on my whiteboard that you can't see. And at the beginning of the week, they all start all the way at the top of the whiteboard. And when I work on them for a concerted amount of time, I move them down one kind of one block. Um, mm -hmm. And when I get to the end of the week, I can very easily see which of those things were neglected. And I can't touch them all every week because just like most of oh, yeah. I think I have eight on my board right now. So I can't reasonably touch all of them every week. But if I neglect one for a week, 
that then becomes my priority for next week. So clients aren't aren't even on the whiteboard because they always get touched. I don't have to, I just, they are always the priority. So these are initiatives that are pushing the business forward. But um, that's, that's my very low tech way of saying, okay, if I'm spending, you know, four hours or six hours onboarding a new employee that, you know, surprise just came out of the mm-hmm. blue. Um, some of those post-it notes are getting ignored this week. And that's not because I'm, bad at what I do. It's not because I didn't prioritize. It's because I was thrown a curveball and they're just going to have to wait. I love that. Uh, I love that methodology. The, um, at my old IT company, we, uh, I was a big fan of visual management. And so we had, I redid a office into a smaller conference room and on every wall, there was all the strategic planning documentation and paperwork and we just used uh, the color coded um, the color coded color dots from Office Depot, the red, yellow, green stop mm-hmm. lighting. And we would just come in there and visually pop on there. So if you were glancing around, you'd go, OK, where are my reds? What do we what do we need to focus on? And the the post-it note up and down blocks like a super easy visual what did I work on last week? And so when you're refreshing at Monday at 8 a.m., you go, okay, this one, this one, this one didn't get touched. Those are going to be the three as I'm resetting my blocks for this week. Those are going to be the three that I have to touch this week. Yep. I love that. I love that. And so thinking of uh, thinking of what's next and the opportunities that we're going to pursue is always the last segment on when because What's important now isn't just what's happening now, but also what's happening tomorrow. And you had mentioned that one of the things, and this probably, I'm guessing, stems from hitting capacity, is how can I continue to grow and serve and make more of an impact when I only have X many hours in a day? That's the the, the plague of consultants is we it's it's human to human service. We can't scale too much unless you think outside the box. And so you've got a group coaching offer that you're launching. It's a beta group with 10 clients. And the the interesting thing around the opportunity is you also recognized a challenge for growth, an opportunity for growth there, because while you've led plenty of groups before, this was the first at bat building the whole platform from a blank sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about stepping out of your comfort zone to pursue the opportunity that you've identified. I love this topic. So I think this is is the universe or God's way of saying to me, like, mm-hmm. you tell your clients all the time, they need to step into the discomfort and they need to try new things if they're going to mm-hmm. rumble it. And I'm, I'm rolling my eyes because, of course, it's my own words coming back to haunt me. And and but that's that is. So, first of all, anytime you're stepping into the uncomfortable or the new, those are the greatest areas for improvement. They're the greatest opportunities for growth. Um, now, I, I can say that logically, and I can I can impart that upon my clients when I'm talking to them, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit different when it's your yourself. And so it has been really a, a test of um, a little bit of stubbornness or perseverance, mm-hmm. but it's it's also a reminder to me that when when I'm telling my clients to do something new and they're asking me a million questions, it's not because they don't want to execute. It's because they want to execute well. Um, yep. and, and so so it is all the questions like, where am I going to host this? Is it going to be live only? Will, will there be recordings? If, if there are recordings, does that diminish the value of the live? Because I do want the live community and just all of those things that you have to wrestle with. And the the thing I keep telling myself is that 
the goal is not to launch with perfection. Um, in, in fact, yeah. at uh, Datocon earlier this week, Mark Rover was talking about um, it, that if you launch the first time and it it is great and it works and and it, it solved the problem and it was wonderful and there's very little need for optimization, that's a challenge because you probably mm-hmm. launch too late and then it's it's the failures that you learn from. And I, I should say failures in air quotes because it's not really a failure. It's really a learning yeah. opportunity. Um, but if, if you do launch something and it, it flops or it doesn't do fantastic, that's when you learn. And that's when you say, okay, what what worked? What didn't? What, what should I do next time? It's kind of like an exchange migration, right? Like the first exchange oh, yeah. migration. It never goes well. And but then you optimize, you document from that, and you, mm-hmm. you learn valuable lessons that if you were sitting behind your desk trying to answer all the questions before you even launched, you would never launch. There's some some things you just have to learn by by you know, you by jumping. as uncomfortable yeah. as that is, especially like you and I are very committed to uh, executing with greatness and wanting to make sure we are delivering a quality experience and a quality product. That doesn't mean it has to be perfect, and that's that oh, yeah. um, that can hold you back. Perfection is is the enemy of great. Ah, uh, I love that. I love that line. That's uh, that's one that I that I keep. Um, I'm a big OneNote user, and OneNote OneNote kind of saves my soul when it comes to organization. But there's always the uh, I keep a I keep a small segment with um where the, where the title of the page is the feeling that I'll be feeling and all there is is just either a little picture of the quote or I've just typed out the quote and blown up the font a little bit around situations and when I'm spinning that's the feeling that I have is when I'm spinning I always go back to that line that perfection is the enemy of greatness and it, you like Sometimes it snaps me right out and sometimes I got to stare at it for a while and stare at it for a while and stare at it for a while. And then eventually you kind of pull out and you go, all right, this is this is beyond good. This is already great. Let's put it out there. Let's get it out there and let's ask for honest feedback. So, hey, what like what did you like from it? And what's one thing I could do better? Because that's the one percent improvement, that atomic habits of hey, if I if I can do one percent per day or per week, I'm either fifty percent better or three hundred percent better or two hundred eighties if we're only doing work days. Like that's there's just that that small incremental improvement. But I love that um that takeaway there too of if you if you launched it and nothing went wrong, you're late to the market. Yeah. You took too long for it. So that's such a such a key takeaway. Uh, and that that kind of brings us to, towards the end of the time. If you're interested in connecting with Jennifer, you can visit her at mspsalesrevolution.com. She's on LinkedIn. Bleem Jennifer is her uh, is her profile tag name. Both of those will be in the show notes. We'll also have that link to to where you can find and purchase her book. Go ahead and visit that and go there. And Jennifer, you're going to be on the road. I'm sure you're going to be at IT Nation this year. I should be at IT Nation. That might be the last event of the year, though. Yes, I will definitely be. Oh, yeah, that's that's usually the keystone for me, too, is kind of that IT Nation week. So don't be surprised if maybe Jennifer and I have another conversation on the live podcast we'll be holding from the Cyber Matt Lee uh, 
barber booth over there for the Shave That Beard endeavor. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming on, uh, coming on to win. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And so you can find other episodes of Win by going to rr.consulting and going to the What's Important Now podcast page. There you can also read our blogs, get white papers, subscribe to the newsletter, watch videos, or just generally peruse the site. I'm Ian Richardson, and until next time, take it easy. You've been listening to Win with Richardson and Richardson. What's important now? We're so glad you've joined us and know you're one step closer to winning big in your business too. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to connect at rnr.consulting. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so you'll easily know when new episodes are available. Until next time, you can win and we're here to help.